Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Tuesday, February 15th edition of the program. Hope you've all recovered from Valentine's Day shenanigans. Let's dive into it. We've got a poll that shows just how awful Joe Biden is doing as president. That'll be a quick one. The Canadian truckers face martial law from Justin Trudeau because he is the absolute worst. The beta male authoritarian extraordinaire. Uh, what does it look like Canada is going to do in response to all this? What's going to happen up there? And is there going to be an American convoy as well? We'll discuss this. And then Russia looks like maybe today pulling back a bit from war in Ukraine. We'll see how all of this goes and we'll be diving into it together. But is Canada now a tyranny? or at least a temporary tyranny. We'll answer the question together in a moment. There's not a week that goes by without one company or institution having to put out an alert telling their customers they've been a victim of a database breach. Cyber hackers put their focus on companies storing credit card and personal data. That information is in the wrong hands, and then it's valuable to the bad guys. It's a silent crime. No store alarms go off. No sirens start blaring. If your info's involved, you may not even know for weeks or months. That's why you need LifeLock. LifeLock is a company with the technology and expertise to constantly monitor online transactions, looking for evidence that your information is mixed up in some type of fraudulent activity. If they see it, they alert you immediately. And if it turns out that your information is being used for unauthorized purchases or worse, LifeLock immediately assigns you to work with a dedicated restoration specialist to help you fix the problem. All you need to do to get this kind of protection is become a LifeLock member. Look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for up to 25% off. All right, we now have, oh my, so much to discuss with regard to Canada. Um, Let's, oh wait, I told you about the Biden poll. Let me give you those numbers first. Biden stinks. It's not a surprise to any of you, so... Let's get into that. Is this Biden's worst poll yet? Joe's approval, according to the Daily Mail here, below 43 percent in 46 states is in the 30s in swing states like Arizona, Florida and Georgia. Only 23 percent with independence and 16 percent in Joe Manchin's West Virginia. 16 percent. That's about as popular as a bad case of scabies, you know which is a thing that people can get. Um, people are really not liking this Joe Biden presidency. They're not liking what it's doing to the American people. They see it. They understand it. This guy never should have been president. It's absurd that they pushed him to be president. And now we're all dealing with the consequences. Just want to tell you that is that is a reality that we all face right now. And we should not forget it. But let's go. Let's go up to our brothers and sisters up north in Canada Oh, Canada. Uh, Justin Trudeau has invoked the Emergencies Act to quell protests in Canada. Play 13. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. Listening to this guy is the equivalent of pouring soy lattes in your ear. But I'm just going to tell you this right now. This is a big escalation. This is a big problem. This is this is not something that anybody should take 
lightly, this means that there can be the seizure of bank accounts. It means a deployment of law enforcement that can arrest and detain people uh, for unlawful assembly, and they can just declare something an unlawful assembly, and then it is. This is something that everyone needs to see as a as a sea change moment in all of this. He's saying right now they're not calling out the military. Well, that could change. That could change because what's going to happen now, these truckers are going to stay where they are. And Trudeau is going to order brave men sitting in their trucks demanding nothing but normalcy get thrown out onto the icy pavement and get treated like domestic terrorists. This trucker convoy is a test of the apparatus. This is true not just in Canada, but in the U.S. as well. And it's probably going to get vicious because it is possible that this could bring down the government. It is possible that this could actually be the end of Justin Trudeau as the effete prime minister of Canada. And he's got a journo, I mean, an actual former journo who I used to see making an imbecile of herself on uh, TV on a regular basis, Christia Freeland. She's now the deputy prime minister for finance or something like that. Yeah, she's the minister of finance. And here she is letting everybody know they will seize your bank accounts. They will seize your insurance if, in fact, you are in any way involved with these protests. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. They will just seize your assets. No court order needed. You give money to the trucker protest, they will, they will seize your bank account. It's pretty extreme, isn't it? They have invoked the Emergencies Act, which is supposed to be in case of a national crisis like an invasion by a foreign power. This allows Trudeau to detain people, to move people around the country, to shut down areas to protest, meaning no protests allowed, to seize assets, to effectively declare anybody an enemy of the state, and then to use all the weapons at one's disposal as the Prime Minister of Canada against them. These truckers, though, may yet bring down the Trudeau government. You see, that's what you're seeing right now. And in doing so, they would be striking the biggest single blow for freedom the Western world has seen since this pandemic started. So the stakes here are quite high. But understand that the apparatus is fighting back, and it's not just in Canada. The U.S., the authoritarian left, that's who we're really dealing with. They can call themselves Democrat Party, it doesn't matter. They're really authoritarian socialists in this country, in Canada, a lot of them in Europe, they think that the collective supersedes the individual and that there should be no impediment to the utopia that would come from a government that is all-powerful, that can determine everything, what you eat, where you go, what you think, what you say. And COVID has been, for them, a huge invitation to all of that. They have used this as an opportunity 
to dramatically expand their powers, and now they are addicted to it. They like it. They enjoy the authority to force you. Think about what this is. Think about the debasement that's going on here. Uh, I think that's a word, debasing. It's definitely a word. They have made people in the U.S. mask up their children against their will for eight hours a day. I mean, just think about this. If Generally, with, with parents, if you pose any harm uh, to their children whatsoever, they become fiercely, and this is one of the great things about the human species, fiercely protective. But the state in America has forced you to, if you live in a place, a lot of you don't, but if you live in a place where masking has been mandatory in schools for now a couple of years, to abuse your children. That's, that's, that's psychological warfare in and of itself. There's no reason for masking kids. People tell you otherwise they're liars. They're idiots. I mean, there's pieces now all over the place about how the CDC has manipulated data, how the CDC is dishonest with you, has been intentionally dishonest with you about the realities, the realities of when they had data, what they had data on, and whether any of this was really justified or whether it was entirely arbitrary and based on the will to power of the left during a moment of emergency. A crisis is an opportunity, including a pandemic, as far as they're concerned, and they used it to that end. Talk about Russia here in just a moment where we stand with that. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate but didn't didn't know how to do it yourself? you got to meet my friends at Done For You Real Estate. This is an amazing company. They take brand new people who, when it comes to real estate investing, people like me, and they set you up with a team. They set up uh, Zoom calls with you or just a phone call if you want, and they will pick a city with you that they have expertise in. They know the market really well. They'll get a broker for you. You'll get the house. They'll get a lender in place for you, and then they'll get a management team for you to get a tenant in place so you start getting checks every month. That free cash flow comes to you, and you're paying down the mortgage. They pick great growth, stable housing markets, and I've had tremendous success with them already. Go to doneforyoubuck.com to see how this works. I'm telling you, I really trust these guys. They do great work. They're good people, and you're going to become a real estate investor, which is amazing. You'll build a portfolio up. A lot of people, this is a huge part of their retirement. Doneforyoubuck.com. Again, that website is doneforyoubuck.com. You'll see how all this works. And I'm told they're going to update the photo of me so that I have a beard on that website because otherwise it looks like looks like eighth grade Buck is like, I would like you to invest in real estate. Bearded Buck is like, I am wise. I have gray hairs in my beard. Invest in homes like I have. I'm like practically Gandalf the Gray now compared to before without a beard. I was like, I like investing. So anyway, we're working on all that. We're working on that. All right, Russia. Let's see where we are here. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, who is saying there's some signs, finally, of optimism here. There are signs from Moscow that uh, diplomacy should continue. This gives grounds for cautious optimism. But so far, we have not seen any sign of de-escalation on the ground. Russia has amassed a fighting force in and around Ukraine unprecedented since the Cold War. Everything is now in place for a new attack. But Russia still has time to step back from the brink, stop preparing for war, and start working for a peaceful solution. 
are working for a peaceful solution. Sounds like, sounds like Putin has just played this hand in such a way. This is as of today. Could all change tomorrow. Uh, but Putin is trying to get concessions, diplomatic concessions from the West. And look, look what this would be for him. If this is true, if it would mean that he mobilized all these troops in a show of Russian strength and got the entire Western world to rush to the table and say, hey, hey, what can we do to make you not do this? You know, what, 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 let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Now, this is certainly the preferable outcome to actual armed conflict. But it will be a fascinating case study, and this is what happens when you have one savvy, cynical, ruthless leader like Vladimir Putin with enough enough bite that his bark gets the attention of the entire Western world, the entire NATO alliance, and he may end up walking away from this with nothing but additional chips in his hand after sitting down at the poker table. That is a possibility right now, right? effectively, if he gets a a guarantee that there will never be Ukraine in NATO and whatever other concessions that he wants, he gets to turn around to the Russian people like, yeah, we just did some military exercises. They all freaked out. I don't know why. Look what all the stuff we got because they're scared of us. You know, yay, Russia. There's a real possibility. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. If that happens, do you think that he would have tried this if Trump was president? Do you think that he would risk it? I said this a long time ago and it stuck with some folks. Uh, that, you know, you want, it's like a Tombstone reference, the great movie Tombstone, where at one point uh, you have Kurt Russell playing Wyatt Earp and they're about to go to the OK Corral shootout and he hands the shotgun to Doc Holliday and he's like, let's have Doc on the shotgun. They'll be a little less antsy if he's on the street howitzer. You know, Trump was the guy you wanted on the street howitzer. Like, I don't know, which is a cool name for a shotgun, by the way. I want to. I want to go shoot my street howitzer. It's awesome. Uh, also, did they have howitzers in the 18, what is it, the 1880s? Anyway, was, was that an anachronism? I don't, know. I don't know when they invented the howitzer. Um, but the point is, I don't think they would have actually, uh, I don't think that this would have happened the same way. Wow, yeah, actually. Uh, howitzer uh, invented in the 1780s by Royal Artillery Officer Henry Shrapnel, whose name became synonymous with the fragmented shell shot. Is that true? I'm learning something fascinating in real time here. Howitzer is generally a, this is from Wikipedia, so take that with a grain of salt, a ranged weapon between an artillery gun, uh, which has smaller high-velocity shells. The English word howitzer comes from the Czech word haufnitsche, from hauf crowd, which is borrowed from the Middle German word. Wow. I, I'm learning all this new stuff. The first artillery identified as howitzers developed in the late 16th century. Do you guys know any of this? I love stumbling into this fascinating history about things. First of all, I didn't know. Could you imagine your name is shrapnel? And then the rest for the rest of time in military conflict, if someone gets like shrapnel in their ass, it's like, I got, I got shrapnel. Imagine if I was like, oh, man, I got hit with sexton. That's a weird historical thing. Think of it. There's a guy apparently. I can't even believe this. I'm learning this in real time. There's a guy named Shrapnel who became synonymous with the fragmented shot according to history. I don't know. It's according to history.net. We have to see. See, this is what happens when I'm doing a podcast that I do something in re- Oh, my gosh. Lieutenant General Henry Shrapnel. My mind is blown. Had no idea. I thought it was some German word for like, you know, 
ouch or something. You know, it was like, you know, shrapnel, obviously, is very dangerous. It's what, it's what, uh, what hits people from explosive rounds. Um, turns out shrapnel is a dude. Had no idea. Wow, I don't know. I, I, sorry, that was the highlight of my day, learning this. And I learned this in real time. Right? As I, I thought it, ca- it came from the Latin for hit the deck. Shrapnel. Well, actually, it doesn't sound Latin at all. But you know, anyway, some guy named Henry Shrapnel. That's interesting. Um, you learn something new every day, folks. So, all right. I guess this is a good place where I can end things. So it looks like Russia is not going to war in Ukraine as of today. So that's a good thing. And I learned the etymology of shrapnel and howitzer by telling you a random anecdote from the movie Tombstone, which you should all have. All of you seen Tombstone here in Control Room? Mike, this weekend, man, this weekend, you got homework, the best. You'll come and you'll be like, Buck, you're right. It is the best. But, you know, Buck is kind of always right. That's it for today. Thanks for rolling with me, team. Back with you tomorrow. Shields high.